take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Whether you're a regular or sometime listener here in the Grace Space, or whether you're joining us for the first time, every time I sit down to put together an episode of this show, I'm thinking about how I can best deliver to you the right information that's going to change your life if you apply it. There's absolutely no doubt that this information will change your life if you will use it, but it only works if you use it. That's why I include a practice or a process at the end of each episode, because I want you to have a better chance of actually applying these principles in your life. If you do, you'll see that even one simple adjustment to your way of thinking can be of major importance to your life, to your results. So not only listen to this program to learn from it, but also download the PDF worksheet, which I've specially created with love for each episode. To go a little deeper with the experience, you'll find that in the show notes. I created the grace space to give you a place to harmonize your thinking with truth. I'm speaking of eternal truth, what I refer to as the law. These are permanent principles that govern all of creation and that we're all subject to. And the greatest beings among us who've come time and time again to help us out, especially in our darkest moments, well, they've all had exactly the same things to say. They've given us the right information over and over, each of them using different words and examples appropriate to that moment in human history when they were among us. But the essence of the message has always been the same. If you can enlarge your mind enough to get beyond the dogma that succeeding generations have imposed on these teachings out of ignorance— you will see the same beautiful face shining through to you, your own. When you learn to understand and harmonize with truth, with the laws of life, you will come to remember that your life has deep meaning and good purpose, as the Dalai Lama says. There's not one single human being who is dispensable with whom we can do without when we tune into our true nature and our higher purpose. And to do this is, is not only for the few, it's for the many. Because we as human beings, all of us, have the same access to the infinite intelligence and exactly the same set of higher mental faculties to interface with that intelligence, and those higher faculties are perfect. So while we all have unique gifts and talents and aptitudes to express, we all have exactly the same access to the infinite mind and unlimited potential that are ours. In fact, it is that infinite mind or intelligence that is seeking expansion and fuller expression by means of us and our unique gifts and talents. And this is why 
You should have absolute confidence in your dreams and absolute trust in the laws of life because the very life you dream of as a life that you would love living when you allow yourself to imagine what that would be, that ideal life, that the life of your dreams is actually your destiny. It's the life that was given to you to experience as an expression of your unique gifts and talents. So if you've got a belief that life is hard or that you have to suffer or that you can't have what you want, well, it's just a belief. That is not the truth. And you struggling and being down about life and limited in your possibilities serves no one, least of all you. You see, we're all in an upward spiral of becoming, and each of us is called to realize a worthy ideal for our life, a dream. And that worthy ideal will always be something you absolutely love. It will always fit the bill perfectly for giving you a wonderful feeling that you're doing exactly what you were always meant to be doing and loving every minute of it. As you hear me speak those words, there may be a part of you that says, yes, I know that's true. That's what I want. And there may be another part of you that doubts it or thinks that that's too good to be true. And that's okay. I just want you to notice that there may be more than one voice in there. That's true for all of us. The reason for this is that we do have different parts or voices within us. We have, on the one hand, an innate capacity to recognize truth with a capital T, to feel the rightness of what is true, even if that capacity is not particularly well developed. But you'll notice that there is a part of you that wants to believe that. And we all have, on the other hand, other voices that see things differently, that worry about life and that are filled with doubt. And these voices come from our conditioning. These habits of thought are part of our current paradigm. And if you've heard me talk about paradigms before, you know that I'm speaking of limiting habits within the subconscious mind that influence our results and usually cause us a lot of frustration and a seeming inability to create what we really consciously would love to do, have, or be. My work as a coach and teacher is all about helping you dissolve those self-limiting paradigms and build a new paradigm that's in harmony with truth and which will allow you to create a life that you truly love. So right now we're in the middle of a series I call Walk in Grace, designed to introduce you to these universal laws one by one so that you can start to recognize how they operate in your life and learn to work with them instead of against them, which is something we're often doing without realizing it. So it seems appropriate today that we're going to be looking at the law of non-resistance. Now, I'm using Raymond Hollywell's book, Working with the Law, as my inspiration for this series, and it's a book I highly recommend. But there are many other ways of looking at these laws, and these same principles have been given many different names. In truth, all the laws are one, and there is but one great law, but it's very helpful for us to comb out the strands of power here and look at them individually, because this is one way we learn that they're all interdependent and interwoven in the tapestry of truth, no matter what we call them. Again, the principles are always the same. They are immutable, permanent, exact, and impersonal. Now, the law of non-resistance is about surrender to the flow of life. One of the core principles is that whatever we resist persists. 
You may have heard that before. And therefore, resistance is futile. Resistance sets up an opposing force against which you will inevitably find yourself struggling. Resistance makes everything harder because it actually gives power to what we don't want. And the more we fight against the thing we don't want, the greater it grows and the more stuck we get. Therefore, the law tells us not to resist what we wish to avoid, but instead to make welcome that which we desire to create. This is such a simple law, but that doesn't mean it's easy to follow. Usually what happens is the minute we decide for a dream of something greater than we've ever aspired to before, a lot of resistance comes up. We often have resistances that we're not aware of because they're so much a part of our paradigm. These unconscious resistances will often take the form of seeming opposition or obstacles. When you understand that reality is a mirror, you will stop shadow boxing with the reflection out there and start looking within for where you are either disowning a quality and projecting it onto another, or in resistance to the good you say you want. So let's look at some ways that resistance shows up and how we can harmonize with the law of non-resistance. The first and most common way we demonstrate resistance is when we react instead of responding. What's the difference? Well, you can tell that your conditioning is controlling your behavior when you react to something unconsciously instead of being able to choose your response to it. Reactivity is not a conscious choice. It happens automatically as a reaction to something that happens. One of the best examples of this is when we're driving. <laughs> Observe yourself when you drive a car. If you drive or if you're in the car when someone else is driving, what happens when someone cuts you off in traffic or suddenly stops or doesn't use their turn signal, do you lash out with a few choice words? Do you let them know what you think of their driving skills or lack thereof? Are you quick to blame the person? What do you do when you're stuck in a traffic jam and there's no sign of movement? Do you get antsy and impatient? Or do you use it as an opportunity to practice being in the moment? Driving is a great diagnostic for our habitual reactions. When something untoward happens in the car, our first reaction will show you our paradigm. In other words, our habits. It'll show you how you are under pressure. Wayne Dyer used to say, what do you get when you squeeze an orange? Well, orange juice, of course. Then he'd ask, why? Well, because that's what's in it. Aha. <laughs> Similarly, when we get squeezed, when the pressure is on, whatever comes out is what's inside. It was already in there. And our habitual reaction is how our paradigm has taught us to react in situations that put us under pressure. The more inner space we develop, the more room we have to respond instead of reacting. In other words, responding comes from thinking. This is what is meant by responsibility. It is our ability to respond to situations rather than automatically going into a reaction. Developing our response ability puts us into harmony with the law of non-resistance. How? Well, if you're in the car and the guy in front of you cuts you off and you go into a reaction of anger and feeling wronged or scared, what are you vibrating? Anger and fear. And what does that vibration attract? Always more of the same, naturally. 
You generate a vibration that will attract more instances of a similar nature, and now you're setting yourself up for not having a fun time in the car. If you don't realize what's happening, you start to look for more things to be angry about or afraid of because now you're in a feedback loop to validate your belief in a dangerous world full of irresponsible drivers. With this unconscious program running, you're likely to end up in a fender bender. You attract difficulty and struggle, ill feeling, and higher insurance premiums. On the other hand, if you remain calm and centered and decline to go into reactivity when that same person cuts you off in traffic, well, it's over. You may even feel some compassion for the person or give them a break. Maybe they didn't see you were there. Maybe they're stressed out. Maybe they're in a hurry for a personal reason. Either way, you don't perpetuate any emotion within yourself that's going to make life harder for you. You surrender to the flow of life and you invite a greater flow of good to come to you. Let's look at another way that we get in our own way without realizing it. Notice whenever you make agreement with lack or struggle. No matter how much you may want to improve your current situation, if you are in the habit of making agreement with any type of energy that is of a lower nature or out of harmony with the thing you say you want, you actually are creating resistance to the very thing you want. This is extremely common within the group consciousness. Think about the war on drugs, the war on terror, the war on cancer. Have any of these wars done us any good? Of course not. A war is still a war. It's a struggle, a series of battles, a fight to the death. You cannot solve a problem by fighting it. Einstein said you cannot solve a problem at the same level of thinking that created it. Any attitude that sets up automatic opposition is only going to increase the problem. Mother Teresa once said, I won't go to an anti-war demonstration, but if you hold a peace vigil, I'll be there. This is wisdom. She demonstrated her understanding of the law of non-resistance here. If you are anti-anything, you're going to increase the very thing you say you are against. The minute you say you are against something, you're in an energy of opposition. Now, I realize that this can be very triggering. But it's important to understand we only make things worse when we fight them. Instead of being against the thing you don't want, be for the thing you do want. What we focus on always grows. Where our attention goes, energy flows. So don't be anti-war. Be pro-peace and focus on peace. Create peace in your heart, in your life, in your relationships. Be a generator of peace, a center of distribution for peace, and you will see peace reflected back to you in your reality. Be part of the solution rather than the problem. The moment we have more people focused on peace than focused on war, we will have peace effortlessly. And actually, we don't even have to have a statistical majority for that because the energy of peace is so much more powerful as a spiritual energy than the energy of struggle, fighting, and resistance. That once a critical mass is reached in the field, peace will become the new consciousness. So make agreement with what you want to create rather than making agreement with what you want to avoid. 
This will put you in harmony with the law of non-resistance. Let's look at one more way that we go against the law without realizing it. This has to do with how we meet obstacles and opposition. Again, our limiting paradigm has conditioned us to react rather than respond when we meet an obstacle or opposition. But the truth is, we have a choice as to how we navigate these. Notice what your tendency is, the first reaction of your paradigm. Do you want to fight? Do you want to meet opposition with opposition? Do you assume the world is against you? This reaction comes from your conditioning. We can choose to be in resistance to whatever the situation is, or we can choose to surrender. That doesn't mean give up. It means fully accept the situation in that it simply is, and then choose to respond creatively by aligning with what you want. The law will never require you to work against something. It will always require you to work for something. Whenever you expend force to go against something, you create friction. That's resistance. Keep in mind that whenever something mechanical breaks down, it's never from the movement of the thing. It's from the friction. Friction causes irritation, wear and tear. It causes us to break down. When I lived in New York City years ago as a young actress, for a period of time I had an apartment up in Washington Heights, all the way at the top of Manhattan Island. I was working as a nanny for a certain family, and they lived on the east side, so I would take a bus home in the evenings from their place, and it was a long ride back up to my place, but the bus would stop right in front of my building, so I thought that was cool. And I didn't mind. I liked the ride because it crossed Manhattan, and then it went all the way up Riverside Drive on its way uptown. I would think or listen to music or study. One day I had an experience on the bus that I have always remembered. There was a big turn as the bus went on to Riverside Drive from West 72nd Street. And often the bus driver (laughs) would take that turn pretty fast. You could feel the centrifugal force. I got used to bracing myself for that turn. Well, one day as we approached that turnoff, I became aware of tension in my body. And for some reason, I got interested in it. I noticed that I was already bracing myself. In fact, I became aware that my body had been tense for a long time. I consciously relaxed my belly, my arms, my back, my hips, my legs. That's when I became aware of how much tension I had been unconsciously holding in them. I noticed my jaw. It was super tight. I thought, wow. I'm carrying a lot of tension around. And as we went around the turn, all that tension came back to keep me in my seat as we zoomed onto Riverside Drive. Then I consciously relaxed again. As soon as my attention would wander to the view or to a thought, the tension would creep back in. It became like a game where I would suddenly notice my whole body was holding this low-grade level of tension most of the time. I started consciously relaxing my body whenever I noticed it or whenever the bus would make a movement one way or another. I asked myself, what am I resisting? And I realized I was resisting the movement of the bus. Wow, well, that's pointless. (laughs) Could I just go with this movement, I thought? This bus is taking me home. Could I just relax? I was drawn in by the battle that my body seemed to be waging against forward movement. And then 
I realized it wasn't the movement of the bus I was resisting. It was the flow of life itself. I was tightening my whole body unconsciously against life itself. In a dispassionate flash of insight, I understood that my body, as an extension of my subconscious mind, was in a constant state of muscular tension or friction with life. And it was understandable. I saw myself as being in the trenches, so to speak, as a young actress constantly meeting with obstacles and opposition in the form of regular rejection. I felt under constant scrutiny by casting directors, my agent, other actors in an environment of competition, scarcity and the necessity, I believed, of living up to impossible standards of beauty, sexiness and desirability. Now, let me be clear, that was my perception at the time. That was my perception of the business I was in. That was the way I saw the world. I was creating my own ecology, my own economy around myself with my thinking, although I couldn't see it at the time. So in that moment on the bus, I saw that I was continually vibrating a low-grade level of anxiety, like running a slight fever all the time. I saw that the psyche of that young woman that I was was full of fear and tension, holding on to so much, living in worry and doubt and so much insecurity. I was seriously uptight. And when we're uptight, it means we're breaking down physically, mentally, and emotionally. I knew that if I could just open up, things would be better for me. If I could loosen up, if I could trust and let the energy of life flow freely through me, I could breathe. I tried to let myself be carried by the bus. I tried to trust the flow of life. But I was so far from knowing how to master my thinking back then, I just didn't understand that it was my thinking itself that was at the origin of so much tension and so much resistance. I didn't understand that as soon as I made the opening, the free flow of spirit was there. Back then, I was in a perpetual stress response, as so many people are. When I was met with an obstacle or opposition, I railed against it. I saw it as a punishment, an injustice, an affront, and I either got angry or arrogant or felt sorry for myself. Boy, was I working against the law. But that was my paradigm, and I was headed for a reckoning, and I got my reckoning, <laughs> more than one. So I'm here to tell you, no matter how you've lived up until now, you can learn to work with these universal laws, and life will become so much easier. You can meet obstacles and opposition with a totally different attitude and understanding and work with the law instead of against it. You want to know what the key here is? Love. By extending a loving thought to anyone or anything that seems to stand in the way of your desire or goal, the opposition is dissolved. Removing opposition begins in our consciousness, like everything. Once the thought of opposition is removed from your consciousness, you will not attract the same condition again. Resistance, or its close cousin push energy, both presuppose opposition. In other words, they produce it because they expect it. 
When you're in resistance, take a look inside yourself. What underlying pattern is at work? Are you expecting a fight? How are you resisting the good that is all around you? How are you resisting the good that is your birthright? How are you resisting the good that the infinite is seeking to deliver to you at every moment and that would rush in if you would simply let go? Realize that any apparent obstacle or opposition in life is not a random occurrence. Anytime we set out to create or accomplish something greater than we've attempted before, we will be met with exactly the right obstacles to strengthen our resolve and cause us to grow. Because the nature of reaching for a dream is that it always brings up from within our own depths the ways in which we stand in our own way. There is no other We are all extensions of the one, and we hold up the mirror to one another in service. Spiritually speaking, we're all here for one another to support one another's growth. Sometimes this takes the form of a so-called enemy or nemesis showing up in human form or as a condition or circumstance. This is merely a projection of an inner condition or circumstance, some inner division that is seeking healing and reintegration. We are all seeking to return to wholeness, and every obstacle or opposition is actually an opportunity for us to realize our true capacities, not by fighting and struggling and resisting, but by learning to surrender to the flow of life transcend, dissolve seeming barriers, expand, and open to the good which is always seeking us. The law of non-resistance reveals the truth to us that softness is strength, that relaxation and surrender into the flow of life is the way. Nature gives us so many examples of this. Bend like the willow so you don't break. Be like water. The little stream doesn't hurl itself up against the rocks. It works its way around them patiently until it becomes a mighty river that grows into an ocean. The paradox is that non-resistance is not weakness, but strength. So here's a process to help you get into harmony with the law of non-resistance. Be sure to download and print out the PDF worksheet that goes with this exercise. You'll find the link in the show notes. Number one, first stop resisting and start focusing on what you want to create. Where is one area where you've been against or anti-something? How could you be for or pro something else? Number two, respond rather than react. Write down an instance where you went into an unconscious reaction to something and then ask yourself how you could respond to this situation or circumstance in a way that would invite a greater flow of good into your life. Number three, make prosperity welcome. Write down an area of your life where you've been agreeing with struggle, scarcity, or limitation in thought, word, or deed, whether with regard to your finances or in your health or relationships. What could you do to change your thinking and behavior in order to make agreement with prosperity in the area you chose? Number four, dissolve opposition. Where is an area that you've allowed yourself to enter into conflict or struggle with a situation or another person? 
How could you extend love to that person or change your perception of that situation to dissolve the seeming opposition and allow it to transform? Remember that everything in this universe is conspiring for your good. Nothing can stop the flow of your good to you but your own thinking and perception. The law of non-resistance will help you open up to that flow by showing you where you're holding on to thoughts that actually resist the greater good that would naturally flow into your life. By studying this law and noticing the ways in which you are aligned with it or not aligned with it, and by repeating the processes for getting into harmony with it, you will gain a deeper understanding that will lead to a new habit of non-resistance. When in harmony with this law, you'll notice more joy, ease, relaxation, and a growing trust that everything in this universe is for you. Let me know how you go. Thank you for joining me in the Grace Space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.